Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Success is predictable, so also is the rested life. You can actually predict your rested life. You can actually tell. And that is the thing about the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is so sweet, so loving to the point that you know that if I put A, if I if I walk in the path of A, this is what the A I mean, what's called the destination of A will look like. One of the things about the gospel of Christ is the fact that it is not a mystery. It is not something for us as believers. It is not a mystery for the believer. Because while the secret things of the Lord, it has been made revealed to us who are his sons and his daughter. But the problem with us is the fact that we've not taken out the time to find the thing that has been revealed to us. The Bible makes us to understand that all things that pertains to life and to godliness, it has been given to us. All things that pertains to it. But it now gives a command. It said, through the knowledge of him. So that is always the point of knowledge. That is always the point of understanding what you need to do for you to be able to appropriate or to take hold or to lessage or to command or to compel. There are forces that God has put, systems and law that he has put for you and I to be able to enjoy this very particular rest. And I decree tonight upon someone watching me right now, whatever that thing that has questioned you, Thus far, I decree that it comes to an end tonight in the name of Jesus. And so with this video, this said quickly, because I know that I want us to pray, so I will be very fast. You will pardon me. If you cannot catch up some of the th- points I'm going to pull down all the scripture, please, I want to encourage you, come back to this very particular message. And for those of you who are actually streaming for the very first time, I want to encourage you, you need to quickly go back to last week Thursday for you to go and watch last week Thursday, so that you can then understand what we are doing this Thursday. But let's look at our test this moment. Our test in which we focus on for last Last week tells them it's in the book of Matthew chapter 12 from verse 43 to 45. Matthew chapter 12 from verse 43 to 45. The Bible then here says, it says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walked through dry places seeking rest, finding none. Remember I said it last week that even the devil he is looking for rest. The devil knows that his eternal judgment has been given on him. And so because of that, he will constantly want to find a place in the meantime where he can sit. But in the place of the devil sitting, we understand the mandate of the devil. That if devil would decide to come and find rest in your life, find rest in your finance, find rest in your career, there is only one mandate the devil comes in. We find that very particular mandate in the book of John 10.10. 10. He says he comes. That's all that means. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And now that's the thing. So when you give the devil a chance for him to rest in your life like this scripture says here that he is also looking for a place to rest may you not be the place that the devil will rest in the name of jesus now let's look at verse 44 here verse 44 here says he said then he said i will return to my house from whence i came out and when he is come he findeth it swept i mean find it find it kept 
swept and garnished, which means the whole place is empty, nothing is taking activity, and so because of that, the place looks good for him to come because there is no enforcement, there is no principle, there is no gathering, there is no, uh, for lack of a better word, there is no um, security measures to make sure the devil does not come. Now, this is what makes it more worse. He said, when he comes and they find the place empty, when he comes and they find the place that, yes, you have chased me out, you have cleaned the place, but you've not put system in place to make sure that I don't have access. Now, this is what he said he will do. 45 now give us the understanding of what the devil will do. He said, then he go, then go at him and take at himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. He knows too well that I this time that I'm coming, I'm not going to play. If you are going to remove me from this very particular rest, ah, you have to remove me one plus the other seven other, which is eight of them. Because why we understand that eight is a number of new beginning. So he wants to come back and start a new things in your life that you will wonder, Jesus. Because why he wants to buffet you. He wants to make sure that this moment as I'm calling, I'm not only coming to steal. I'm not only coming to kill. I am coming to destroy you totally. May you never be the trap of the devil in the name of Jesus. Now he says here, he says, then he, then go at him, take at himself, um, seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. He says, and they entered in and dwell there and the last of the man is worse than the first even so shall it be also unto the wicked generation so which means those people who don't know christ at the moment now this is what they experience this is what they experience i'm speaking to somebody i think about um, a few few hours ago that earlier hours and stuff and this very particular guy we're just both chatting and stuff and he was making me to understand pastor i don't understand i have all the money which i can think of but i can't just i don't just understand how the money sometimes i cannot account for it things just miss i just as i'm talking to you now my wife is in the hospital i, I don't just know what happened and i looked at the thing the only thing i asked the guy have you accepted jesus as a lord and personal savior because i don't care the wealth in which you have the only thing that guarantees rest whereby you do not pay from you do not pay for your salvation is when you receive jesus as your lord and personal savior and by the time we were talking he was quite kind enough for him to make me understand he says see i have given my life to christ but i don't know at the moment because with all that is happening currently in my life i know that yet it's been long i was in church uh, because i felt that okay having all this money i don't need christ anymore i said but do you see where you are now the same system that brought you to where you are now and at the same time, you do not want to continue the system, Jerry. You are like this very particular test here, whereby the place is kept, the place is swept, the place is garnished, but there are no system. All of a sudden, sickness and diseases is now coming. Where every month, before he know what is going on, he said, Pastor, you don't want to understand how much I spend. You don't want to understand how much I spend when it comes to the issue of my health. The fear that I constantly go with, then I know to all that indeed you know Jesus. And I said to him, point blank, I will not, I'm not going to deceive you on anything. I'm not those pastors who will tell you um, what you called. You need to go and carry seven candles, put it on seven rivers and all those things. It's not in the scripture. I don't believe on those very particular things. Not that I'm not saying that others don't do it, but I don't see my own grace. I don't see what God has called me for me to carry candles. Our candle is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. The city set on the hill. That's who we are. And so with this very particular thing, my dear sisters and brothers, there is always the devil who is walking around looking for who he would devour. The Bible says he's looking, which means it's not everybody in which he can find. And so last week, I mean, last week told him, we try to look at some of the points in which we can put together for us to be able to to enforce the principle for us to be able to know these are the things now that i have i have i have swept whatever thing that is holding me down now that i have destroyed now that i've cursed, uh now that i have i have removed all the pains and whatever now that I've, uh, my salvation is now clean and all those things what are the things that i need to put in there so that when the devil wants to come around 
he doesn't find the place empty because we need to get the place busy. And that is the thing about us as the body of Christ. We need to get to the point whereby we know how to make our life busy for God. Busy for God. Whether you like it or not. You see, you are the one that is thinking that the devil is not busy. See, whether coronavirus or no coronavirus, whether lockdown or no lockdown, that guy is not in lockdown. He is still currently. I have seen marriages fail in coronavirus. I have seen people lost their life in coronavirus. I have seen people have sickness and disease in coronavirus. So my dear, for the fact that you are still standing, it's a clear indication that the message of God is still operating in your life. And so now let's begin to look. I'll quickly do the first six points. Then immediately I'll jump into the seventh point because why? I want us to finish the seventh point very quickly so that we can then engage on what I call bring it to the altar kind of prayer. <laughs> bring it to the altar kind of prayer. You don't want to miss that very particular prayer. But let's look at it quickly. What is the point number one I said last week, um, last week towards them? I said, understand that you have been given power. See, every believer that gave their life to Christ, the moment you give your life to Christ, power was attributed to you in salvation benefit. You are the one that is thinking that you don't have the power for you to route that possibility. Power was given to you. Power was given to you. See, every believer, we have the measure of faith that has been given to every one of us. But the reason why you feel like Pastor Darlington's faith, it looks as if God gave him a big one. No, the measure is an infinite faith that is not that 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 does not grow, does not shrink, does not do anything and stuff. But your knowledge of the faith determines if it's going to be active or if it's going to be dormant. You are the one that determines the kind of faith that you want to operate with. You are the one that determines if this faith is going to produce or if this faith is not going to produce. You determine that very yes your faith can be dormant your faith can life follow your faith cannot be active because why you've not taken out the time for you to engage it what did i say understand that you've been given power i wouldn't want to talk much about that because the that very particular message is on part one you can go and look into that very particular and understand some of the scriptures in which we put you so that you can then know then point number two there i said i said deal with the fears as a believer by reaffirming who you are in christ Deal with the fears because most of the time the devil comes to bring fears around our life to make us feel as if fear is the only fear is the only thing like you know, the world is coming to an end. This coronavirus, yo, you don't understand. Rapture is about to take place. <laughs> I remember the period when this coronavirus came in when we were in stage one, I think stage one, if I'm not mistaken, where everybody was losing their mind in terms of buying things because why you almost think that tomorrow rapture will take place. In my mind, I'm like, if you are this afraid that rapture is about to take place, how come are you buying food and stocking food in your house? Because there will be tomorrow for you to eat that very particular food, but why? The spirit of fear. There's a difference between fear and the spirit of fear. And so deal with the spirit of fear in your life. Then point number three there, which I said, I said, be aware of what, uh, what you are engaging in. Be aware of what you are engaging or what you are believing God for. Because the biggest problem here is the fact that we just like coming to God. You see, let me just go to church. What will be, will be. You don't go to church or you don't come to God with what will be, will be. You must be specific. The Bible says, ask, it shall be given. Seek, it shall found. So which means you must know what you are actually looking for. If you know you are looking for a man, are you descriptive of the kind of man in which you are looking for? Are you looking for a man that is tall, dark and handsome? Or you are looking for a man that is short in cover and also probably you know you know you know be descriptive know what you are looking for and also on the point number four there we say is um, find relatable material that addresses that issues yes you know that you are believing god um, for finance have you been able to take time out for you to study materials on finance or probably you are believing God for marriage. You want to get married, either a male or a female. Have you taken out the time for you to find how does a wife think and how does a husband think? It's a two different thing. Because the Bible says he that finds a wife, not he that finds a girlfriend. He says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And also for the man, you have to be a husband for you to find a wife. You cannot be a boy going to look for a wife. It does not happen. 
You have to be a husband. Because if, if, if you are looking for a wife, you must understand the place of your husband. Are you willing to die for your wife? Because the Bible says, husband, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church. When the Holy Spirit showed me that thing three, four years ago, I knew too well that marriage, my dear, it's a place where I enjoy it in rest because why? I know, I fully understand my responsibility. That as far as my wife Kanisa is concerned, my business is to protect her. Before a bullet will meet my wife, I have to be the first person to get the bullet. And so because of that, find relatable material that matters to your life and to your destiny. See, in the area where you are currently struggling, there is a book to read. Circular books is there. There is there what's called anointed books are there. Books that can actually empower and strengthen you in the place of your deficiency. And also on point number five, we talk about the whole part of be under a spiritual covering. Oh, I said a lot about this very particular spiritual covering last week. Um, last week, Thursday. I wouldn't want to go into this very particular moment, but please, please, I want you to go to that very particular message. You will be blessed. You will know what it means for you to be under a covering. At Allsas Platform Church, this month, funny enough, actually completed 10 months for us to be running this very particular ministry. But I've seen people who God has brought into this very particular ministry who believe in the grace in which we carry. And all of a sudden, because they are now under a covering and they have a place of honoring the place in which they are, they are busy routing possibility as if they are just throwing dice on the table. Be under a spiritual covering. And also on point six, where we stopped last week, we say stay planted in the house of the Lord. Stay planted. That is always a place of the planting. You have to be planted in the house of the Lord. Without being said this very particular moment, what is our point number seven? Point number seven, locate a mentor or probably be in a mentorship program. Locate a mentor or probably be in a mentorship program. You see, this is one of the biggest things that I've seen with our generation. We are very quick to feel as if we have all the answers to ourselves. I'm talking about my generation. I don't know about my father's generation. My generation, we are very quick to feel as if we have all the answers, as if we are all, we are the in team. Just because you are born free does not mean that everything is free in the market. Just because you are born free does not mean that everything is free in the market. Or just because you are currently now in freedom in South Africa does not mean that everything you have to get, that it will come by free. It has to cost you something. It has to cost you a place of looking for guys who have gone ahead of you. My dear, for the fact that your mother gave birth to you and you have a father is a clear indication that somebody is actually ahead of you. So ability for you to locate a mentor for your destiny. See, one of the things that I'm going to use myself as an example. When the Lord called me into ministry full-time three years ago, oh, you don't want to know the ruggedity and the research in which I do for. I went to meet people who are already running this race. Guys, how did you guys do this thing? Fathers, how did you route this thing? I think I remember a few, even in this coronavirus, a few months ago, I went to see one of the fathers of faith in South Africa here. What was I asking him? How did you guys get to this point whereby you, you have not lost your brain? What are the things in which, what are the things you, Father, want us to, we the children, to be able to understand? You have to locate a mentor. There's a scripture for that. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 6, from verse 16 to verse 19. Jeremiah 6, 16 to 19. I know you will say, yes, there is a mentor in the Bible. Yes, you have one. Jeremiah chapter 6 from verse 16 to 19. The Bible here says, He said, Toss ye the Lord of hosts. He says, Stand ye, I mean, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for old parts. What is he saying here? Ask for the people who has gone ahead, for, ahead of you. The people, the business in which you want to do. There is somebody that has gone ahead of that very particular place. The music that you currently want to sing. There is somebody that is currently singing that genre. That is a, for lack of a better word, we call it in Nigeria, that is a godfather in that very particular space. He said, Toss ye the Lord. It is your God that is saying that. 
He said, Thus hear the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old parts. Where is the good ways and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your soul. He said, For you to be able to locate mentors and you walk in the ways they've given to you, you say, You shall find rest for your soul. Do you see why I said to you for us as Platform Church, the rested life is a reality for us. Because why? We are a church that engages in principle. We are a church that engages in covenant. We are a church that engages in system. We don't just come and tell you things that are just feebles. We don't just come and tell you stories. We take you to see that this is the path for you to get into. For you to be able to take that. Locate a mentor. Now, this is the thing with the children. With them, what's it called? With Jeremiah guys at that moment. They say, but they said, we will not walk therein. They got to the point where they feel as if they are strong. We, we have all the answer. What do you mean? Like, how can that man be talking to me? Like, who does he think I am? Who does he think he is? He did not even finish primary school and he's talking to me. He did not finish primary school, but his sitting capacity in his church is 22,000. And your own place at the moment, you are still trying to even rent or to pay rent for your church. Calm down. Locate a mentor for your life. Or probably you're looking at a very particular, what do you mean by this very particular guy business? My business has more potential. But at the moment, it's not showing potential. Look for people that have potential for that very particular thing. Then we see in verse 17, the Bible there says, He said, also, I set watchmen over you, saying, hacking to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hack in. God is saying that he has put, see, your fathers of faith that you are seeing, they are not your friends. Let's, let's, let me clear this one quickly for you. Fathers of faith, they are not your friends. They are fathers that give you feathers to fly. So when you meet them as friends, my dear, you will always get a friend result. Because when you meet a friend, you always talk about soccer, you talk about what you call, what Orlando Pare did to Kaza Chief, or what you, you talk about. But when you go meet fathers and mentor, you go with a specific assignment. Then we see in verse 18, the Bible says, therefore, it says, therefore he, ye nations and know, O congregation, what is among. Then 19, they say, he said, Hear, O Ed, behold, I will bring upon these people even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my word, nor to my law, but they rejected it. The reason why you are currently, even as much as you are a born-again Christian child of God, have you located mentors that can mentor you in your spiritual growth? Have you taken out the time for you to find them? Or you are still busy telling yourself, just because you managed to understand what John 3.16 is, for God so loved the world, all of a sudden your pride is so big. See, I can talk to my generation because why? I remember I was speaking to one of the fathers of faith. I said, see, when you guys talk, people don't want to hear you because they feel like, ah, you are, he's an old school. See, I tell people point blank, and I'm going to say it again. Whether you are old school or whether you are new school, the principle of the Bible will not change simply because you are born free or simply because you are in a new generation. It can never change. It can never change. The ancient principle is still valid up to now. Locate yourself. Be humble. Locate a mentor. Let's also look in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews 6, verse 12. The Bible here says, Be ye not slothful, Say, but be ye follower of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. He said, be ye followers of them. Ability for you to follow. The Hebrew, at least you will say, I read Old Testament. I've just read New Testament for you tonight. He says, be ye not slothful, but be ye followers of them who through faith. See, where you are going currently, that's somebody that is currently, they are living the rested life. The other day, me and my wife, we were driving past a particular ministry and stuff. And I said to my wife, I said, babe, I need to locate this guy. Because for him to be, for him to remain in ministry for 40-something years. Because why? See, those men, they, see, the thing that you are trying to break, the reason why you are still struggling is because you've not gone ahead to meet people who have broken that very particular thing. Let them impact you with grace. Grace. When I talk about grace, it can be knowledge grace. It can be spiritual grace on how to break that level that you're currently struggling for. There is always people that is ahead of you. There is always people. 
that is ahead of you. I pray tonight that somebody is going to take this very particular counsel from my mouth. Maybe your problem why you are still where you are tonight is because you've not been able to locate mentors that God has said for you at this very particular point. Please and please, my generation, if you are 40 below, you have no business for you to be proud. If I let me increase it. If you are 50 below, come down, come down. Locate mentor for your life. Locate a mentor. There are mentors that are willing to mentor you for free. And if you have to pay for it, of course pay. Even the Bible says in Proverbs, it says buy the truth and sell it not. So the things that are very truthful, you have to pay for them. You have to pay for their time. It took them 30 years to sit where they are sitting. So it doesn't cost you. When you know that your destiny is important, it doesn't cost you for you to give that 750 rand for consulting. For you to go and sit down, carry your book. Don't go there and drink tea. Leave the tea once I carry your book. Ask, ask. Before you even go see your mentors, have correct five questions that you want to ask them in 15 minutes. There was one time, I remember when I was in the days of Dexterity Radio, we used to bring some of the guys whereby we bring in some formidable force in the industry. And sometimes, because of that, we will now create a segment in the radio whereby we will call, we will ask the people to call in and we tell them point blank that you only have 10 minutes for you to ask three important questions. You'll be so shocked the nonsense people were asking. Now you are seeing a business mogul sitting on the table. You have 10 minutes to ask three important questions. Yes, sir, how do you, how do you feel concerning, in my mind I'm thinking, Kaza Chief, what's my business with Kaza Chief? Or you're asking them, um, uh, currently now with the politics of South Africa, you are standing sitting with a man that can finance your destiny. And yet you are asking, what is the business spectrum of South Africa? Can't you find that on Google and ask him how he get to where he is? Calm down. Locate your mentor. Point number eight this moment. Point number eight. Before we even get to point number eight, there is a scripture that is currently coming on my head. It's in the book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, he that walk with the wise shall be wise. And the companions of fool shall be destroyed. Ah, he that walk with the wise. See, we can only see where you can go based on the people in which you are hanging around with. I'll repeat it again. Where you will be tomorrow is a result of the people you are hanging around with today. You see, life is not mystical. Life is not funfair. It is a practical and it is battlefield. You have to engage. Point number eight quickly because I need to finish this one quickly so that we can get into the place of the prayer. I am feeling that God is about to break some certain chains in the lives of someone tonight in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at what number eight is saying here. I say spend time in the Lord and stop the visitation mentality. Spend time with the quality time with the Lord. Not the one that you are going to pray with the Lord but yet your phone is on vibrate. Expecting somebody to do you zzzz. And by the time the thing comes, you carry your phone. You are looking at your phone. You are speaking in tongues. In the name of... Um, okay, why is Tubekile sending me a message? Are you for real? Is that how your destiny is? Is this now a play feed? Spend time with the Lord and stop doing the visiting. Spend time. Tell yourself, this one hour, I am locking it out. My phone is inside. A majority of you know too well. Majority of you who are currently, are currently planted on platform, you know too well. That's a certain times you call me. I tell you, I'm like, you said I'm having my prayer walk and I can't talk to you. Or maybe, for example, I switch off my phone. That's you see. I am trying there to pray you into your destiny. So I have no business for me to make sure my phone is always on. No, no, say calm down because why? I know my space. Spent. Stop visiting. Let's look at the scripture this moment in the book of Psalm chapter ninety-one from verse one to verse four. The Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God. He that dwells in the secret place. Let's leave it there. You know that very particular verse very well. He that dwells in the secret place. Not he that comes in and go out. Not him that one minute he checks in on Monday. The next time he goes to check in is on Friday. Or probably you check in only on Sunday where you are in church. And that Sunday service is only two hours. And he said in two hours, in one hour time you were complaining that the service is too long. He said, he that dwells in the house of the Lord. He that dwells in the house of the Lord. 
He that dwells in the house of the Lord. He that dwells. He says, he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. How can you trust a God when you know? And that's the reason we're currently now. We see believers, one minute they are hot, the next minute they are cold. Let's check your prayer life. Let's check your dwelling, your relationship with the Father. Is it a dwelling or is it a visitation? Is it something that you rock in and you rock out? As if it's a casino where you just go, you throw in. Or probably it's a microwave where you go, you just put in two minutes. In fact, even in the two minutes you are checking, you are still opening the thing to see if that very particular pap is hot or not. Lock yourself in and tell yourself, this is your father you are talking about. How, now, this is the thing. Let me ask you a question. Majority of us, we are parents. And some of us also, we have friends. How will you feel if your friend or your son or your daughter comes to you and they say, Dad, I went to talk for about 30 minutes. I'm coming to see you. And you have cleared your 30 minutes there. Then the next minute, in that very particular 30 minutes, your children they actually arrive or that friend arrive. But in the 30 minutes, they actually use 20 minutes to be checking in and checking out, checking out. And you are trying to ask your children. You said you wanted to say something. And all of a sudden, after the, Papa is here, I will see you again next week. Do you think you will want to now agree them to come and waste your time again? Some of us need to get to that very particular point. See, your father is not a fool. Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, from verse 6 to verse 9, say, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sow, he will wear. That's how I interpret it. Whatever a man sow, if you sow nonsense, you wear nonsense. Whatever a man sow, that will also reap. You say, if you, you say, if you sow of the flesh, of the flesh, you will reap corruption. Say, but if you sow of the spirit, of the spirit, you will reap eternal life. My question to you, are you a visitor in the place of God or you are a resident in the place of God? Are you a visitor in the place of God or you are a resident in the place of God? That is how you fortify your wall. Where the devil, if he's coming back, looking for a way to come back, even with his seven demons, you have been able to fortify it and the devil knows that this one is a no-go area. We can also see in the book of Psalm 91 from verse 15 to 16. Psalm 91, verse 15 to 16. It says, He shall call upon me because you are dwelling. He shall call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. One of the things in which I put here, I said to continually execute judgment on your enemy for them not to be able to come to you. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. I break this night upon anyone's life that is currently struggling to spend time with the Lord. I break that spirit off your life in the name of Jesus. My dear, it is only the devil that may want to take your time out of God. I don't care the contract you want to get. You know you want to wake up around 2 a.m. to pray. How come is that 2 a.m.? That guy decided to call you. On what ground? He's not even your husband. He hasn't even paid your lobola. And yet at that moment, that is when he's calling you at 2 a.m. Is it a spirit? Ask him to sleep. Do not call me again by 2 a.m. What? Because you are, you are negotiating your destiny. You are spending time because you know that when men sleep, that is when things happen. So you cannot be ignorant and not wake up and do your own quiet time. Some of you just wake up, you just visit God for two minutes. God, you know, what's up, man? God, you know, I just want to tell you that I'm going, about to go out now. And you see as I'm going out tonight, God, just make sure that um, the road is clear. I see you, I see you. And that, that, that's prayer, really. And you wonder why your day is messed up in the office. Why that boss, all of a sudden, you don't even understand why that boss look at you. And the, the, the boss is looking for a girlfriend. He is married. He is looking for a girlfriend. But it is you. He decided to come and sit on your table. Because why? You've not been able to fortify your wall. So that married men should not be able to see you. They send you a message. The question is, what are you doing for them to be able to see you? On what grounds? Fortify yourself. Stay in the house of God. Stop being, stop, 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 stop being a visitor. Be a resident. Point number nine quickly. What else again do I need to do in terms of principle to fortify my wall? 
I want you to understand this tonight that as you begin to engage these very particular narratives, God will begin to help you for you to break barriers in your life in the name of Jesus. What else is the principle for me to enforce judgment? Point number nine. I says here, what do you see? This is a principle of vision. Now that you have prayed your way, you have removed the devil, you have costed, you have done everything. What do you see? What are the vision that is in your eyes currently? Are you still seeing the part that, okay, yes, this thing is done, but you know, maybe this thing is going to come again in my life. Or maybe for you, you have already prayed that, God, I want to be able to be the next generation of, of let me find the name, of Warren Buffett. I want to be the next kingdom world. Can you see that very particular thing? It's what I call the force of imagination. What is currently now sitting in your thought? Because the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? See, your pastor, including me, we can, we can pray for you, lay leg, lay anointing oil. If I lay you inside fire, put hot water to boil your body. But if your imagination is zero or shallow, that is nothing we can do. I'm sorry. We, you, you can be donating all the donation. I know this is a, this is a part where majority of you will not like it. You can, you can be giving and be showing everything. But when your imagination is blocked, that is nothing because God needs you. He needs your imagination to work. One of the things in which I said here, yeah, I separate the word imagination. It comes from two words. It's called imagination. 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 That's the thing. Can we see you with the thoughts? Now you know that you are Christ-like. Now you understand that you have all the power. Can you be like your father? Where you'll be thinking on how to be able to buy China. I know you'll be thinking, what the hell? 1.3 billion population. That's the reason why I do what the hell is because your faith cannot carry it. Ability for you to imagination. Stop imagining for you just to remain in that very particular mukuku. Imagine the fact that you are staying in sensitive. Imagine the fact that you now own that more. Imagine the fact that the business in which you are doing on the street, your imagination is so strong. I remember by the time I was doing my prayer work this very particular afternoon, the Lord was just, no, you see, I like when me and God have this very particular time. I call it the time of mesmerizing. He was showing me the possibility of what platform carries. That's why when I tell people, I say platform church, this is a church. If, when God decided to come and is looking for a church to stand because of the intelligence of the system in which I am downloading from the heaven, he would rather prefer to be with platform church because why? He knows that this place, come down. These guys, they went all out to make sure why? We were, me and God, we were robbing mind concerning the plans for the church, concerning the plans for you, concerning how to enjoy rest in your finance, enjoy rest in your health, enjoy rest in your business, enjoy rest in your marriage. We were just playing with some certain thoughts. And he was telling me some wonderful thing that the time is not right for me to say it. But as time goes on, when that time comes, we will play this message back again. So you remember on the 12th of November, those things I couldn't say. Now, these are the things here. Imagination. What are you imagining? The Bible says in the book of Joel chapter 2, from verse 25 to verse 28, the Bible says, it said, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten and the, 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 the cankerworms, the caterpillar and the palmerworms, my great army which I sent unto you. He said, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God and dwelt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Now that's the promise. He said, but ye shall... Know that I am in the midst of Israel, which is with the born again child of God. The moment you give yourself, the moment you give your life to Christ, this very particular scripture, remember now we now read the Old Testament in the light of Christ. We don't read the Old Testament again as, as a shadow. No, we read it in the light of Christ. So we are the commonwealth of Israel, which is the born again child of God. We are now part, we part and one, we are together, which means there's no more Jews, there's no more Greek, there's no more Gentiles. We are part of God's kingdom. And he says here, he said, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. 
Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 28, this is where it now becomes very interesting. He says, and it shall come to pass, after that, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. At the moment the spirit has been poured out, it's called the person of the Holy Spirit. It has been poured out upon everyone. It has been poured out. Now, this is the result of now that the spirit has been poured out. He says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see dreams and your young men shall see vision. What are you saying? If you are, see, see as long as young, I tell you, I say young is in mind. I have seen the people like the guys who, the guys who created KFC. At 65, he was still able to think like 25 and created KFC that you are now, we are currently eating. Young is in the mind. You can tell yourself that at 90, you can still be able to produce. Like Abraham, at 100, you fire, you fire right. Because why? It's in the mind. What are you imagining? What is the nation that you have imagined? Have you imagined that you will come out of the poverty or you are still telling yourself that maybe this is the end of me? Let me just give my life to Christ and escape. See, if you are that kind of person in Platform Church, I feel like saying I rebuke you. But let your mind be renewed in the name of Jesus. Because you cannot hang around out for too much. I said to some of the members, I said, 90 days too much, your life must be changed. It is a must. Responsibility is on me, is on you, is on Christ to make sure that in 90 days, you get a tangible result. Your imagination, you begin to think like your pastor. You cannot hang around me. I don't have a solution in your life. It's impossible. Because why? I know the grace. I did not call myself. God called me. And he gave me a mandate and backed me up with a sent message. And I pray tonight that everyone that is currently now struggling, for them to be able to imagine new possibilities. I break that yoke off your life in the name of Jesus. I decree tonight that as you sleep, you begin to see your new heavens. You begin to see your new wealth. You begin to see your new marriage. You begin to see your new children. That becomes your reality tonight in the name of Jesus. Imagine it. Imagine it. It is very important for you to imagine. How far you can go is totally dependent on the picture on your mind. See, God is not holding anything. You all know too well, I keep saying that very particular thing, and I'll say to Jesus, come. God is not holding anything from anybody. We only operate based on the capacity that we have developed ourselves into. Everything that you are currently engaging is based on the capacity in which you have developed yourself into. I remember when I was starting, when I, when I came into ministry full-time, I was struck. In, see, you have no clue. You think this boldness you are seeing is just overnight? Ask my wife, she will tell you point blank. One of the first things I thought, I said, God, how can I preach? 52 message on Sundays. God, how? I wasn't even thinking of Sundays. I mean, Thursdays. I was 52. What will I be saying? Abarakotoza. A few weeks ago, I went to YouTube. I want to see. I said, he hold me. 60. That is God. Ability because why? I am waking to the possibility and the capacity on the inside of me. I said, no, I can do it. I imagine the fact that as I'm preaching, people are getting saved. As I'm preaching, people are getting healed. As I'm prophesying, people are walking into the place of destiny. As I'm declaring, people are actually getting the change. I factored in all those things. Pray my way into that very particular place. No wonder. That's why I tell you, I said, I am not shocked for me to hear some certain testimony in your life. Because why? I have paid the price and I'm still going to pay the price. Because why? I am a midwife called for your destiny. I am a midwife called for your destiny. For me to join you in the labor room. For you to be able to enter into the place of your rest. What is point number 10? I hope somebody has been blessed tonight. What is point number 10? Point number 10 is what I called the seeding economy. <laughs> seeding, like seed, you see seed, S-E-E-D. It's called the seeding economy. The seeding economy. 
the seeding economy one more time i want you to say because this is the part where we people don't like us pastors saying that part in church it's okay i tell people i said if i talk about finance and you are very you are shrinking is because you are poor that's why you are shrinking do you think that when these billionaires they sit what do you think they're talking about golf in fact in the golf they're talking about money until you get to the place where you talk about money and you talk it with precision without any fear that is how your people begin to begin to see the possibility there is for them I remember I said what to one of the daughters of this very particular commission. I said, see, my dear, you need to understand there are some certain principles that does not answer to prayer and fasting. It only answers to the seeding economy. So this, your church is a given church. Your church is a seeding church. Your church is a church that is not apologetic when it comes to the issue of the seed part. But let's begin to look at some of the things this moment. As I also give you some certain example, I'll try to be very fast in this very particular point because it's long. I use the word seeding economy because... So that every seed you want to give, that includes both your tithe, your offering, your giving to your, to, to your loved ones, ability to give to the poor, ability to give to your parents. I think I remember a few months back, we preached a message tied to the responsibility of the covenant child. That is always, you can go there, you will hear all that part, but I'm just going to bring a few points tonight here. The seed in economy, point number 10. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 1 to 6, Psalm 126 from verse 5, from verse 5 to verse 6, the Bible says, though that sows in tears, say they shall reap in joy. Say, those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. <laughs> I feel like saying it again one more time because somebody needs to hear this one. Because the Lord has actually been pressing on you for you to do some sitting economy game. And you are refusing to do it. You are saying, it's not enough. I don't know where I will get the next meal. He said, but the Bible says, those that sows in tears shall reap in joy. So, which means in the place of your tears, there is still a joy that is about to break forth. Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And also we get to send the book of Luke chapter 6 from verse 38. We all know that very particular scripture all the time. It's a popular scripture we like talking about. The Bible says, give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. Shall men give unto your bosom? Shall men give unto your bosom? He said, he that goeth forth and weep, bearing precious seed, he says, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his shift with him. Bringing his shift, which means your ability for you to give even when it is not enough. I know that yes, currently now. See, I keep saying I'll keep saying it. As long as God has actually um, what you call mandated that as far as this earth is concerned, there was a covenant that was sworn with the likes of Noah. I will give you that example as we continue. He said it that as long as earth remaineth, said seed time and harvest, summer and winter shall not cease. Seed time and harvest. And I was meditating this very particular afternoon, considering that very particular thing, because sometimes we use that very particular word, seed time, like I was saying, the seeded economy shall not cease. We use that one to think that, okay, your, your seed time is seed in terms of your spend time in your, in your place of work, spend time in the... We like talking about spending time, we like talking about sacrifice in your own personal stuff, but when it gets to the kingdom, we don't want to. We now switch it. Do you know that when Jesus, I mean, when God spoke on that very particular point in the book of Genesis, concerning the life of Noah, after Noah, when the rain has finished, the Bible says, out of the spoil that was available, Noah take out of it and he sow. And the Bible says, and the Lord smells a very good, what you call, good sacrifice. And when he smells it, then God says in his heart. So it was talking about ability to sow in the things of God. Ability for you to give in the things of God. There is a day I was speaking to one of my covenant friends and we're talking. And I said to him, I said, see, when it comes to this issue of, 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 of giving, as far as this is a God system, nobody can change that. It is your responsibility for you. We all know too what it says, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. See, this is my own example. I say, where your treasure is, your heart may not be there. Because sometimes we give those beggars something on the street. Is your heart with the beggars? No. You just play your part and give them. 
But where your heart is, your treasure will be found in there. Where your heart is, your treasure will be found in there. Where your heart is, your treasure must be found in there. We also see the book of Hebrews chapter 7 from verse 7. The Bible says, and without all contradiction, said the less is blessed of the better. Without all contradiction, you want to operate on some certain dimension that is the place of your sowing, that is the place of the seed in the economy. There are some certain people currently now that God has actually brought as a proxy to your destiny. Can God find your resources in their life? Your resources, can God find it in their life? I know this is not a message you want to hear, but it's okay. I don't, because why we have so much tried to talk around, you know, if you talk about giving, they say this church, they like money and stuff. Do you think that all those big churches which you see, that they went to the builders and go and tell the builders, our builders rest and say, builders rest, I speak in tongues to you, bring down this very particular property. They will be in prison by now. They will be in prison. I will show you from the scripture how responsibility has been placed on us for us to operate on what I call the seed in economy. The seed in economy. He said, without all contradiction. It is those that are blessed that can bless those ones that are less. That's why, for instance, with your church, by God's grace, your commission, known as Platform Church, we are a giving ministry. It doesn't cost us any... See, we give to the point that as long as there is a need that is arising, we release to go and give. At the moment, your church now, they has, we have seven quarters that we have made to, to make sure that you enjoy rest. To make sure that even us as the church, we don't struggle from certain dimension. We don't, we don't lack finance in the church because why? We understand that when it comes to financial prosperity, it does not answer to prayer and fasting. That's why majority of you, if you know me too well, I have never come on this very particular platform in your church and I pray I will never do that. For me to raise an offering, to come and say, you know, and there are seven people God is saying, come up with 10,000 rand, there are 22 people say, come down. If your heart is for God, we will see your resources in there. It's as simple as that. If your heart is not for God, it's okay. Keep your resources. And when people are giving, don't be jealous. Don't go on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and go ask them, all these children that are just busy giving, giving, giving. I mean, they're just busy collecting people's money. What are they doing with our money? Did you give? You only have right for you to talk if you know you don't give anything. Then just remember, just remember there as chapter 4. Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. Let's begin to see some of the example. Abraham, the father of faith in which we're currently looking at. The Bible says, and, and blessed be the most high God, which had delivered my enemy into thy hand. And the Bible says, and Abraham gave tithes of all. Tithes of all. Because I hear a lot of people say that, no, he only gave one times and co. Every of his investment, that day that he met Melchizedek, he gave tithes of all. Because why? He understand that the less can only be blessed by the better. He understood that. He gave the tithes of all. Read your Bible. The tithe there has an S. Tithes of all. We also saw with the likes of Dorcas in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verse 36 to verse 42. Dorcas is a long story. We get to understand that the first time we will see Dorcas popping up on that very particular scripture, Dorcas died. And the thing that made Dorcas, for Dorcas not to be able to go into heaven, was the fact that her giving spirit, the people that she has blessed around the place, they pray her back to life. Can we look at your giving? Even in the things of God, can people look at you? You currently now have 10 billion in your account. Can your next door neighbor feel one rand from your hand? Can they feel one rand? Dorcas was a woman who was, she, she lived a seeding economy. She sits to the point that she sits to the place of her death coming back again to life. She was able to sit to that point when Peter now came. And the thing they were all saying, they said, no, Dorcas cannot die because they were holding the things that Dorcas has blessed them with. Can we find that with you? Can we find that with you? The seed in economy. Another person also we understand is a guy called Cornelius. 
In fact, with Cornelius, it's even very strange. It was the Holy Spirit that remembered Cornelius at that very particular point. Because the Bible says in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 31, it says, and he said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thy arms are, I mean, and thy arms are hard in remembrance in the sight of God. In the sight of God. Your prayers have been heard also with the arms that you have been given to the things of God. And all of a sudden, God had to configure the heart of Peter to go to Cornelius' house. The only two places where the Pentecost came down to, the same way it came for the, what you call the children of the, 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 the apostles when they were in the upper room, it is the same method, the same system in the house of Cornelius. Why? Given provoked that. We also see with the apostles of the church after when Jesus Christ was gone. When the apostles were trying to come up on life, told them to push some certain possibilities. I just don't want to talk much. I just want to just give you some points because I need to finish this very particularly quickly so that we can get into prayers. The apostles also, we see with the apostles. The apostles, I hear people say, um, uh, let me even answer that question. Somebody was asking me that which place is it written in the Bible that the apostles also give to the things of God? This is the scripture here. Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 from verse 47, from verse 42 to verse 47. Take your time and read it. The Bible says that as they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines, and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. And the Bible says fear come upon all of them. And when the fear come upon all of them, the fear that I was talking about, it was not the fear of stuff. It talked about the love, the heart for God. And when the heart for God was upon every one of them, they brought all, Peter, James, everybody, brought their stuff to the tabernacle for them to be able to break bread together. Your apostles, they were also givers. They also give. They also understand that as much as we give, it is your responsibility also for you to give back. We can see that. We can also see also another example there in the lives of the, the Philippian church. The Bible says that the Philippian church, they actually gave to the life of Paul the apostle. And this is a thing also where I encourage people to see. We the pastors, as much as yes, people don't want to say this one, I'm going to help our fathers because people have attacked them so much. I'm going to help our fathers, help my generation and the next generation to come. You see the thing called the giving economy, it will not stop regardless of your Regardless of your biases, regardless of, I'm trying to be kind, regardless of your biases, regardless of your emotions, regardless of your feelings, because let me say this and let me say this well, they are giving their money, not your money. And if they feel that their heart is for the things of God and your heart is not there, your heart is for you to be gossiping around Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, why don't you stay there and do your thing and make sure that you are diligent in that business and let those who want to, do. because do you notice that with all your complaint, it hasn't stopped the church from not moving forward. And yet those people, they keep getting blessed. We can say in the book of Philippians chapter 4 from verse 15 to verse 19. I'd like to read this very particular part because the Bible here says, it says, Now ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Paul was talking to the church that for you guys, especially for, um, can I shock you when I did the research, I found that at that very particular church, it is not that they have all the resources, but they never lacked. Because they understand the place of giving and receiving. And Paul now says, he said, for even in Thessalonians, you sent once and again unto my necessity, which means you were ability for you to meet the needs of us as pastors. Then he now says, he said, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruits may abound into your own account. He said, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received them of Ephrathus, the things which were sent from you. An order of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And after then, 
It now says, but my God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. See, there is that very particular place where your spiritual fathers, and I'm thank God that I'm in a what's called I'm in the wide spectrum. Whatever church in which you are planted to, your responsibility for you to sow into the life of your spiritual fathers, it is part of your covenant responsibility to fortify your wall. Can your pastor look at you and say, But my God shall supply all your needs? Can your pastor look? We're not talking about giving to the church. We're talking about you wake up one morning, you look. No, God, for you blessing my pastor. For my pastor standing as a conduit over my life, I just want to sow this seed into his life. It's not about, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. If your heart is there, your hand will release it. And Paul now says, but my God. We like quoting that very particular scripture. But that scripture, we don't read from verse 15. That it was actually making us to understand. That's a responsibility call that that very particular Philippian church were doing. And all of a sudden, out of that very particular joy, the heart in the heart of Paul, Paul had to pray them from the resources of heaven. No wonder they were not able to lack. On another place again, we, which we see in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 11 to verse 14. I really want, I won't read that very particular place because you take your time to go and read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 11 to verse 14. What is it saying here? It's actually just giving us an example to say that if we as pastors bless you with spiritual blessing, that necessity has been placed on you for you also to bless the church, bless your pastors with your material stuff. Remember, we're talking about the whole issues of the principle to engage, to enforce judgment upon anybody's life. See, I like cracking joke. <laughs> and I'm going to say this very particular joke. It's okay. Um, it's, a, it's a global space. I like cracking joke. I say, see, all of us as pastors, let's call a spade a spade. We have favorites. We do have favorites. I'm not going to see, even Jesus has his own favorite. Your Jesus has his own favorite. Peter, James, and John were part of his favorite. Mind you, remember that his disciples were 12. But all the time, we keep hearing Peter, James, and John. Out of the Peter, James, and John, there is a Peter. Why? Because why? It's the, the kind of love, the kind of heart Peter has. Jesus had to take him as his favorite. To the point that Jesus had to build the church from the revelation of Peter. See, we do have. Now, the question I like asking people, I said, I have this sister, Lagbaja. Or Sister Nombulelo, if you are Nombulelo here, please, sorry, I don't just know you. We don't have Nombulelo at the moment at Platform Church, so I'm going to use a random name. Sister Nombulelo is the one that calls the pastor 24 hours with problem. Sister, for lack of a better word, Kensani. She's the one that calls the pastor. Anytime she calls the pastor, pastor, I have this very particular need. The both of them call for need. But this one go as far to say, pastor, I know that, yes, you don't have fuel in your car. Take 1,000 rand. Take 500 rand. Take 200 rand. Now, do you think that, let's say the pastor has two numbers, and Sister Nombulelo is calling one, and Sister Kensani is calling, who do you think the pastor is going to answer? No, even you, who are you going to answer? So, because we are past all of a sudden, we are called to die, and so that you guys can leave. I remember one time, one, one of the guys in which the previous church I was serving, <laughs> he said, point blank, he said, see, I want to say this to you people, you pastors, God called you people to bless us. God did not call us to be giving, to be giving you people our resources. So, God who called you to bless us, that same God will bless you people. Um, so don't disturb me. Then I said, okay, no problem. Then this is my prayer to the guy. I said, may God continue to bless those people to bless us. And may he never give you anything because you are. He said, why well, am I cursing him? I said, no, I'm not cursing. Because the Bible says he gives seed to the sowers and bread to the eaters. I just quote the scripture. So if you don't want to be one that will have the seed to sow, then let God continue to just give you bread to eat every morning. When you go to office, you only have bread to eat, but you don't have seed to sow. And the guy, at that point, he knew that I just said nonsense. I said, no, may God not give you the seed for you to give the people. It's okay. Since you don't want to give, so be it. He said it. I will give seed to the sowers and bread to the eaters. You will never be one of them. You don't know what we hear, ne? You, you don't know. In my two days of being in ministry full time, Jesus, 
And because of that, I told one of the members, you see, we have to walk because we know if we depend on your tithes and your offerings and your various giving, we will die. So because of that, we will walk. We will wake up in the morning, we will go to office. You think we want to go to office? No. We know too well that by the work in which we are doing, God has made sure that we bless you spiritually. And in us blessing you spiritually, you bless us with your material stuff. But if we wait for you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it is okay. Let's move on with this very particular thing because my time and I feel like I need to pray. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened for you to see, to understand that when it comes to the concept of the seeding economy, your, your, your ability for you to seed to the church, to your pastors, to the poor, to the family, to even those ones that you don't even know on the road, that seeding economy, it is you fortifying. Everybody carries their own reward. The Bible says, he that give to the poor lender to God. So you lend to God. It says in the times of trouble, that because of your giving to the poor, you'll be bailed out. But he didn't say that, that very particular scripture didn't say that your blessing from one level to another will come. The church carries that mystery. That's the problem. Why the devil is currently fighting you from not believing the church. The church of platform, for instance, with us as platform, we teach you covenant principle. Either engage it or not. Those who are engaging, they are reaping harvest. So if you don't want to engage, then don't be jealous. When people are telling you that we've just bought a car and yet the bank did not ask us for, I mean, the car company did not ask us for any loan. They just give us the car free. All of a sudden, you hear somebody say that I was promoted with three-time salary and they just joined the church for always for just less than three months and you have been there for 10 years and you can't share any testimony because why? Your heart is not in the things of God. Let your heart be right. I pray tonight that everyone that is currently struggling with your heart, let God begin to help them in the name of Jesus. For you to understand that your father God is also a giver. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. John 3, 16. We read that very particular scripture all the time. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the world so much. We can see his love by his giving. Can we see your love for the things of God by your giving? Your various forms of giving. Either giving to the church via tithe and offering. Either seeding to your prophet. Whatever. Can we see it? If not so, I pray that the Lord will open your eyes of your understanding. For you to begin to see the things that matters in the name of Jesus. Point number 11. Point number 11. I, this is what I tied to, the principle of love. The principle of love. Ability for you to have a heart, for, a heart of love. Went by, see, this love thing, yo, Jesus, you pardon me because I'm going to take time here. Because even in your giving, if you're, if you're not giving for position of love, forget it, nothing is happening. The Bible says, for God loves a cheerful giver. If you are giving because it is of necessity, let me just give. Because you are just, let me just, if it, your love heart is not backing it, forget it, keep your offering. When you are ready to give from the place of love, I, I keep saying that for us as platform. If you know that your heart cannot give willingly from the position of love, keep it because there is no reward from that very particular thing. Pastors may not tell you that I will tell the truth. You are giving out of compulsion and out of force without your heart in that very particular thing. The love of God is not in there. Forget it. You are just casting your bread. The church wishes to pay rent, pay everything, but the blessing that accrues to you will not come because why? it is not the fact that the church does not carry the blessings for your life. Your heart for that very particular thing is not there. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 36. The Bible says, but when Jesus, but, but when he saw the multitude, Matthew 9, 36, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they scattered abroad as a sheep having no, no shepherd. The Jesus had compassion on people. When he was looking at this very particular, he could, the pain in, their, pain in his heart. Can I shock you? The only thing that kept your Jesus on the cross of Calvary 
was the love he has for the people. The love kept him on the cross. The love was what sustained Jesus on the cross. Because why? at that moment, the people were already insulting him. The people were already, they, they, they preferred a criminal than Jesus. But the love for the world kept him on the cross. The love for the people. We can also see in the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 13. Luke 7 13. The Bible says there. It said when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. He has a compassionate heart. Can we see you have a compassionate heart? Or you are just that person that is just too bitter. In fact, you are bitter to the point that bitter leaf has no hold on you. For us who are Nigeria, we know that leaf, bitter leaf. He has no, does your heart has a love in there? Find love. I feel like saying this one. Sometimes the reason why your marriage is currently not working, you are managing your love life in the marriage is no more there. That's why you are reaping pain and bitterness. Change your heart. Have your heart of love. I feel like crying at this moment because I've seen people, yo, you don't understand. I've seen people whereby you look at it, you wonder what kind of wickedness is this? Especially with the context of marriage. Even the context of work. You are currently now working in a company. You are planning to make your boss fail. What kind of heart are you? And you call yourself a Christian? How? How? You cannot be part of us. Where your heart embodies wickedness. You take pleasure in the pains of people. You take pleasure in people losing their life. You take pleasure in, in, in like I remember, I think that my wife was cracking joke two days ago when she called me and we were just talking that you don't understand there's a certain women. I think, no, I think one of the ladies posted something on her Facebook and I read it and I took a screen grab and I sent it to my wife. I said, okay, babe, I need to explain something to me. What's going on here? She now explained to me that, no, you don't understand. Sometimes we women will do that. That a woman will come into another man's house, try to frustrate her best friend who is married and happy. So that that very particular marriage fail, and when the marriage fails, she's happy. I said, that woman, may that woman never see the day of life. Anyone that wants to come around my marriage, may that person go blind from a distance in the name of Jesus. Because what, what, what wickedness. Some God bless your friend. You cannot even say congratulations. Bitterness, jealousy, and you want to get yours? No. Matthew chapter 15, verse 22. We also see there, the Bible says here, it says, and Jesus called a disciple to him and said, I feel compassion for the people. Because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry for they may faint on the way. That's your Jesus. He has the grace for him to tell them go. But he felt compassion for them. I cannot allow them to go. If we look at you, there is a next door neighbor in your house. You know too that that person does not have 10 rand for them to be able to survive. As a matter of fact, you know somebody currently that don't have electricity. You are passing their house for the past two days. Their light is off, but you cannot go there. Go on. They are stranger. Yes, knock the door. Ask them, what is going on here? I remember this very particular compound where we, I mean, the complex where we stay. There was a day we were just passing and we noticed that there's this neighbor of us. And we're wondering, okay, what is going on? There is no window, no nothing and stuff. We don't know them from anywhere. My wife bears me witness. We went there, we went to knock the door. Hi, how are you? Are you fine? So no, we just, we felt compassion. We noticed that anytime we pass here, your windows are open, there is no curtain. Can we help you? It's from the heart of compassion. Do you think we had the money that time? No, we don't. But it does not make sense. Your house is facing the road. There's no window. What is going on? They gave us their own explanation. Stuff, but there is a place of compassion from us. We did that. They, we, we have no, as a matter of fact, it did. I don't know their names. I don't have their numbers. My wife does not have their numbers. But why? We went from the place of compassion. Can we see your heart of love? Believers, those of us in the body of Christ, can we see your heart of love? 
In fact, part of the love there, you see a fellow servant of God, the person is going through pain. You are happy that the person is. I remember there's a particular man of God of recent that all of a sudden something happened in his ministry. I don't want to mention him because he's a big guy. Something happened in his ministry and stuff. And all of a sudden, I was, I, I, I was sitting down and guys were calling me to tell me, hey, Pastor Darlington, did you see what happened on this thing? At a particular point, I told them, don't call me for this thing. So you guys are happy that this happened to your own fellow, your, your own tribe, your own tribe, you're happy. That one minute he's there. No, 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 he's very proud. Blah, blah, blah. I said, and so what? Must you be the one to be the one to announce that very particular thing? Keep your mouth shut. You don't know what is going on. The heart of love. The heart of love. The heart of love. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. The Bible says here, it says, now abided faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest is love. The greatest, regardless of your charity, regardless of your faith, the only thing that compels charity and faith to work. I mean, what's it called? Um, your hope and your faith to work. It is love. It is love. It is love. My dear sister, I'm begging you. This is me, your pastor, raising my hand up to say, please and please. I have seen so much hatred in the body of Christ. May you not be one of them in the name of Jesus. And if you are one of them, I pray for you tonight. That they heart for you to forgive and let go. And also join the family of love. And also propagate your father's business. Let that grace rest upon you in the name of Jesus. The heart for love. The heart for love. The heart for love. I feel like crying. The heart for love. Let's find time. Let's find time. Call somebody. Help them with a the bread. Help them with something to eat. Have a heart for love. Let somebody look at you and let somebody feel that indeed. Mm. Mm. I pray that God gives us love in the name of Jesus. The heart for love. Love somebody. Enough of the hatred. The reason why our continent is dying from the position of hatred and bitterness. Let's learn to love. Let me stop this paper club because beginning, I'm, 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 already feeling, I'm, I'm already feeling tensed. Because why? The pain is too much. The pain is too much. Point number 12. What is our point number 12? Point number 12. Source and identity. Your source determines your identity. Source and identity. One of the things in which I put here, I said your source determines your size and helps you push your capacity. The source in which you are pulling your possibility from. Who is your source this moment? Is your source your bank account? Or your source your God? Is your source the brother, the sister in which you know? Or is your source the God? Your source, is it that very particular uncle that you know that sits in that very particular bank? Or is your source from God? I say here, your source determines your size. And that very particular size now determines your capacity of what you can pull off. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 6, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, the Bible says here, he say, ye, he say, ye for, there is only one God, the Father, and he is the source of all things. And our lives are lived for him. And there is no one, Lord Jesus, the anointed one, through whom we have all things exist. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. He's saying here that the source of all things is the Father. For us as believers, our source is the Father. Can we find your source as the Father? Or you are trusting on your own capacity, trusting on your own intellect, trusting on the guy that you know, trusting on that very particularity that you feel that is going to recommend you. Who is your source determining your size? Your source determining the capacity you pull off. Your source determining the kind of boldness in which you use to engage some certain possibility. Your source. Another thing also in the book of James chapter 1 verse 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. 
Every good thing is perfect. You want good and perfect? That is only one person that can give you. Who is your source? This very particular point, number 12. Your source and your identity. Also, one of the things in which I want you to understand is the fact that your source shapes your identity. Depend on the kind of source in which you know that you are currently pulling from. For example, with us as platform, our source is God. And so because of that, we can boldly come out and tell you some certain possibilities, and we know that it is possible. Because we know that he, faithful is he that calleth us, who also would do it. Our job is to remain obedient to his covenant principle and the system in which he has put therein. Because we know that when we abide by those very particular principles and systems, in which I call the laws of righteousness, we know too well that the source in which we subscribe to, our capacity become full. Our capacity is stretched because we know we serve a big God. We can also see that in the book of Colossians chapter 2 from verse 9 and verse 10. The Bible says there, it says, For in him dwelleth the fullness of Godhead bodily, and ye are complete, which is the head of all principality. When you know that your source is big, and you know that your completeness is there, it defines your identity. Who is your source? defines your identity are you working currently now in your office whether you are working with fear if you know that your god is full of boldness you can't be afraid your source determines your identity second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 the bible there says it says if any man be in christ he is a new creature see it's not saying that it's a refurbished one or an upgraded version no you are new your kind does not exist so the boldness of you working with that identity to like i am the new i am the new best thing in life and if somebody asks you are you the only best that you you you, you walk around as if that you are the best life bread then fuck, you know you don't understand if you think that i'm not the best life bread my dear i want you to make you understand something that apart from the best life bread, i'm also the best life chips coming from woolworth you know, there is a particular chips I like in Woolworth. What's the name? My wife is not. My wife is not. My baby, if you're listening, please. What's the name of that chips in Woolworth? Um, sweet potatoes chips. Yeah. They eat, that thing is nice. Yo, I think Woolworth, you need to pay me for doing a free advert here. But what am I saying? When you understand your source, your identity is shaped. The boldness in which you engage life. The boldness in which you look at the devil in his eyes. You literally carry the battle to the camp of the devil. And you buffet the devil. And the devil has nothing to do with you. The point number 13, the final point for tonight, because we need to quickly get into the place of, okay, I think I have about two points, but I'll just quickly jump this to the, the, the what's called point number 13 is the fact that live a life, live a spirit-filled life, both in prayer, in fasting, and in the world. Live a spirit-filled life, both in prayer, in fasting, and in the world. You can find that very particular in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1 to verse 10. You can read that very particular scripture because of my time. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 10. I mean 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1 to verse 10. And also Colossians chapter 1 from verse 16 to verse 20. Live a life. Be spirit filled. Don't just. See don't. The Bible says for the weapon of our work we are not carnal. They are, see we don't attack the devil from our earthly understanding. That, that, that very particular woman you are seeing that you think that she's the witch and stuff. She see the spirit. There's a spirit sponsoring her. But if the woman does not want to let you go, now this is where now my faith, I'm still working my salvation. You see, you pardon me, your pastor is still working his salvation. You don't want to let my destiny move. If you have to pack or you die, choose one. Because I give you option. The Bible says, I lay before you life and death, but I advise you. So me too, I'm advising you. I lay before you, either you pack or you die. Choose one. But because as far as my destiny is concerned, I will give you righteous judgment, execute judgment upon your life, and if I have to cause you to die, because my destiny is important than, your, than me trying to massage your ego, and yet you are, you are killing me. Live a spirit-filled life. Now the point number 13, which is the final. You see, if, you, if everything lies on this very particular point number 13, and as time goes on in Platform Church, we will discuss this very particular one in full. Be self-disciplined. 
Self-discipline. That's the only way that you can be able to pull everything. Self-discipline. That's the only way you can be able to route this possibility. One of the things in which I put here, I say it has been said that if people pay as much energy into achieving their goals and they spend as they spend on making excuse for failures, they will surprise that they actually make it. Self-discipline. Majority of us like procrastinate. See, you don't understand, Pastor. I feel I wanted, I do. I... Self-discipline will make you obey the remaining 12. It will make you go into the 12 points I have listed. Everything, including your spiritual growth, everything lies on self-discipline. Are you going to be disciplined enough? The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. And that man is he's self-disciplined. He's not waving left, right, and center. For when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life when God has promised to those who loved him. Say, Blessed the man who remains steadfast. Are you self-disciplined? Self-disciplined. Self-disciplined. One of the things in which I put here, I say self-discipline helps you in this very particular four ways. Quickly, self-discipline helps you master yourself, number one. It gives you self-mastering. You understand who you are. Number two, it gives you self-control. You know your limit and your boundary. Number three, it helps you to deny some certain things. Not everything that comes around your space, you want to, you want to, you want to quickly grab. What, what, what is your, are you a grabber? Are you grabbed? I want to grab everything. It helps you self-denial and the final point. It helps you self, I mean, delay gratification. You know that this very particular fruit, ah, I feel like it's, it, yes, it is your fruit. You bought it with your money. Hmm. Instead of me to eat this fruit, let me delay. Let me plant the fruit again. Delay gratification. Some of us, one rant come whim in our mouth. Then tomorrow by on the third of the month, of the new month, you're already calling everybody, please help me with petrol or help me with this, help me with kerosene. Self-discipline, delay gratification. We see that in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Paul was saying, he said, I press towards the mark of the high calling. I press towards. Because why he knows too well that it is in the discipline that I can take myself up. See, when it comes to the issue of discipline, it, does, it is not fun to anybody. But it pays off when you are disciplined. It doesn't, you see, it is not something that we want. Our body does not like self-discipline. When you want to fast, you tell yourself, I am going to fast from 6 to 9. Already by 7 o'clock, your body is already telling you, bro, we will die. If you try and turn 7.05, you will be buried. And you just wanted to fast three hours, but already in one hour, self-discipline will tell you, if you will die, die. We will get to 9 o'clock. Why? Self-discipline is a force that has been given to us for us to be able to abase, for us to be able to abound, for us to be able to shrink, for us to be able to know when to talk and when not to talk. Self-discipline. 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 It is very, very needful. We can also see the book of Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. The Bible says, Proverbs 21, 5, it says, The plan of the diligent leads surely to abundance. Yes, it is painful, but the plan of the diligence, it leads surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty to come gets into poverty. Shortcut. See, I rather prefer for me to take long for me to find whatever I can find. If it has to cost me, it's okay. That for me to look for shortcut, shortcut, shortcut. And by the time you now calculate all the shortcut, you've spent almost more than times 10 of what you'd have been able to pay if you actually go through the process. Shortcut. Self-discipline. And the place of self-discipline tonight. Like I said to you all, what are the things that is very important as we begin to go into the place of our prayers? Point number one, understand that you've been given power. Number two, deal with the fears. Deal with the fears. Deal with that fears. Number three, be fully aware of what you are engaging and what you are believing for. Number four, find reputable material to address such issues 
which means indirectly be a student. Keep learning. Number five, beyond that is spiritual covering and also honor. Honor those ahead of you. Just, just stop. See, I would say the most, the, the, the most easiest, for lack of better word, religious organization that people can insult anyhow is Christianity. And yet that is the integrity of God. And yet you are quick to insult. Can you try that with other religions? It will kill you. Because why? Their religion is sacred. You cannot say anything. I dare majority of the people currently now who are talking about the church. I dare you. If you know that, yes, your name is your name. Talk about other religion and let's see. If you will see the next day, then know that I am not called. What, what are you saying? That will kill you. But because Jesus is a, is a man of love, he accommodates or because he still has hope that one day your stupidity will drop and you will now come to the light of the knowledge of Christ. Also remember, stay planted in the house. Locate and mentor. Spend time in the Lord. What's the vision in which you have? What are you imagining for yourself? Are you living a seeding economy? The principle of love, can we find it? The one that almost made me cry. Your source and your identity. Be spiritually and pray. I mean, be spiritual and prayerful. And also be self-disciplined. With that being said tonight, let's just go to this uh, the, the last the last segment of the prayer the prayer time for this moment. Let's open our book to the book of First King chapter 13. I mean First King chapter 3. I want every one of us to open that very particular scripture. It's very important that we need read that thing. First King chapter 3. First King chapter 3. Let's open the Bible from verse 16 to verse 28. It's a story that when the Holy Spirit showed me this story two, three days ago, and he said to me, my son, let the people pray this prayer. We still have about, I think in the next 10, 15 minutes from now, we'll be, we'll be wrapping this very particular thing and we'll get into prayer. But please and please, this is a place, this very particular point, somebody's destiny is needed for them to be able to break free from this very particular shackles of what we're about to read. First King chapter 3, I want you to open your Bible by your side because it's going to be a long read from verse 16 to verse 18. The Bible then says here, it says, there came two women, they were harlot, unto the king and stood before him. He said, and one of the women said, my, oh my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. I was, I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass on the third day after I was delivered and this woman was delivered also. He says, and we were together. And, they were, and there was no stranger with us in the house, save just with the two. Now, when you look at this story, these are two prostitutes. They were good friends to the point that they agreed to sleep with the men the same day, fall pregnant the same day, agreed to give birth together the same day. Best of friends. But this is the thing they also begin to go down. Verse 19. The Bible says there, And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid on it. And verse 20 says, And she arose at midnight and took my sons from beside, while thy handmaid slept and lay it at my bosom and lay her dead and lay her dead child in my bosom. Garoba shatalikatozata. I'm beginning to feel the power of God now currently hitting. He says here in verse 21, And when I arose in the morning to give my, my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son which I bear. And the woman. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And, and this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thou speak before the king. Now verse 23 then says, Then, then said the king, the, Then said the king, The one, This is my son, leave it. And thy son is dead. And the other said, Nay, my son is the one that is dead. Your son is the one that is dead. My son is the one that is living. And the king said, Bring me a sword. 
Ah, and they brought the sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living into two. And give half of, give one to, give me give half to the other one. And the other half to the other person. And verse 26 says, then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king. For her bows yearned upon her son. And she said, oh my lord, give her the living. And no wise slay it. But the other said, let it be, let it neither be mine, nor let, but let it be divided. Then the king answered and said unto her, give her the living child, and in no wise lay it, I mean slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all the Israel heard of the judgment. And all the, this is where the thing becomes interesting. And all the women had, I mean all the Israelites, they heard of the judgment where the king has judged. And they feared the king, for he saw that the wisdom of God was upon him. He saw that the wisdom of God was upon him. When the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see this very particular scripture tonight, like I was saying, they were both prostitutes. These two women were both prostitutes. Agreed to fall pregnant. Agreed to say, okay, fine, we'll have a child, make child together. It was so shocking how they were so close together. They were both partners in crime, partners in kind. But there is a game limit. The Bible says there that we understand on that very particular scripture that both of them gave birth at the same time. But this is where the thing changed. The point four there is the fact that their motives were both different. There are some of you tonight that you are currently struggling what you are struggling. And the Lord asked me to say to you that the problem that you are currently going through, it is what I call the unfriendly friends that are sitting behind your side. Do you notice that this very particular woman, all of a sudden, while she was sleeping, the Bible says uh, when men slept, uh, the enemy comes. Uh, the reason why the enemy could come is because the men has not fortified their world. Tonight, somebody's about to deliver themselves. Somebody's about to judge the head of their unfriendly friend. Sometimes some of the battles that you are currently going, it is not coming from anybody. It is coming from the one that is within. The enemy within is the one that is causing it. I was saying to my wife the other day, I said, see, the witches outside cannot kill you if the one inside does not give them information concerning you. It's impossible. How can you imagine such wickedness? The lady woke up at night when everybody was sleeping. And when I was, was busy meditating on the scripture, the Bible, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, there are people now that are currently, they are currently nursing something that is dead, that is not theirs. Some of you tonight, you are about to open your voice and you are about to decree that Lord, everything that is dead, that does not belong to me, enough is enough. Your enough is enough. The Bible says the woman woke up at the night. I mean, in the morning, which means she has always been sleeping by this dead child. Throughout the night, she had no clue. There are some of you currently now tonight. God is about to break every limit, every deadness in your life. God is about to break the curse. God is about to judge your enemy. And God is about to give you rest. All of a sudden we saw how wicked this girl is. Very wicked. But this is the thing that is very important. Three points on that very particular thing. And that's the prayer point for tonight. The Bible says that the woman who knows that this very particular child is mine. And all of a sudden, yes, she was a prostitute. I hear in my spirit, God said, I should tell you today. That regardless of your fault, he is still a loving father. Imagine a prostitute coming to stand before the king. The same way your Jesus is actually calling you. That come the way you are. I want to give you rest. He said, come unto me that the labor. And I'm heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. They came, the both of them, the prostitute. They appeared before the king. Somebody is about to appear before the king. The woman looked at her child and says, No, I know how this thing is going to be done. I am about to carry this case of the deadness in my marriage, the deadness of my son, the deadness of my family, the deadness of my career. I'm about to bring it before the altar. 
Thank God for the prostitute. She understand wisdom. She took that case to the altar. Like some of you tonight, you are about to bring a case to the altar before God and to say to God, enough is enough. I did not call for this deadness in my marriage. I did not call for this deadness in my womb. I did not call for this deadness in my career. Enough is enough. We get to see at that very particular point, the Bible says, when they got to the king, all of a sudden, this is the thing about the woman that was wiser. The woman rejected it and said, inform him lately. Point number two, that me point number one, they brought the case before the king. Point number two, the woman at the same time again rejected the offer in the presence of the king. She wasn't afraid. She said, my master, king, oh Lord, as far as I'm concerned, this dead one is not my own. Somebody's about to remove everything that is dead in their life tonight. In the name of Jesus, she refused this dead baby. It is not my baby. I refuse this one. We have given you principles, 13 principles for you to abide therein. But in this place tonight, the Lord says we're about to open our voice. That your voice will become a judgment upon everyone that is currently fighting your destiny. I don't care what is dead in your life. I don't care what is the pain in your life. I don't care what is the shame in your life. There is a grace tonight that is about to break the yoke and to deliver you your own baby in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says when she gets to that very particular place, as, she, as much as in point number one, she brought the case before the altar. Point number two, uh, she rejected what was on the table. Then we now begin to see that point number three. Uh, she left the child in the hand of the king. She left some of you tonight. Uh, somebody needs to open your mouth. Uh, at this very particular point, I want you to open your mouth and begin to pray, Lord, uh, the deadness in my marriage. Uh, you know what is currently the pain in your life. Um, whoever that is sitting behind yourself, um, this very particular first prayer point, Lord, um, every unfriendly friend by my side uh, that is sponsoring the pain in my life, uh, the one that is making, that is gossiping my advancement, um, the one that I don't know, Lord, I judge them tonight. Um, Lord, I give you access. Um, judge them tonight. Um, open your mouth and begin to pray. The woman judged. The woman refused. All of a sudden, a woman, whether they were friends, but if she can wake up at night to change her baby, there are some of you tonight that the devil, because you were sleeping, I understand in the days of ignorance, God can forgive, but tonight you need to open your mouth. I refuse this deadness. Lord, I refuse to sleep again. Not in my watch will I be feeding a dead system. Not in my watch will I be feeding something that is not working anymore. Lord, this is not my plan. This is not what I want. Open your mouth and begin to push. Lord, everyone that is around my corner, Lord, I pray tonight for the spirit of discernment. The spirit of discernment. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, Lord, I break every unfriendly friend. Every unfriendly friend sponsoring my destiny in the hand of the devil. Sponsoring my growth in the hand of the devil. Lord, I destroy them tonight. In the name of Jesus, I destroy them tonight. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. We get to see in the book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 42. 
The Bible says there, I will quickly just very particular paraphrase that scripture. It says, um, but greater than Solomon is here. If Solomon can pull that kind of wisdom, we get to understand in Matthew chapter 12 is our text. But in verse 42, he said, but greater than Solomon is here. If Solomon can be able to, with the wisdom of God upon the lives of Solomon, and Solomon could be able to judge properly, Jesus is here tonight for him to judge your case. Karapo shata. The ability for you to say, Lord, I hand over this case to you. Whatever this case has done to us for Lord, I am tired. We see when the woman hand over that very particular debt, I mean that child told the king, all of a sudden the king with the wisdom was able to come up with an idea that saves that very particular child and judge the woman for her to carry her deadness. There are some of you tonight, um, as you have given the case to God, you need to open your mouth and say, Lord, uh, everyone that has sponsored anything that is dead in my life, Father, let them carry their load. Let them carry their load. Uh, open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, everyone that has sponsored deadness, um, everyone that has sponsored deadness, um, Lord, I refuse it. I refuse it. I refuse it. Lord, I bring righteous judgment upon them in the name of Jesus. I bring righteous judgment upon them in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name of prayer. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Esther chapter 5 verse 3. The Bible says Esther came before the king. There are some of you tonight you are about. You are now in the presence of the king. And Jesus is asking you what trouble let thou ah what trouble let thou what is the thing that is of concern to you the lord asked me to tell you tonight um, that every trouble you are going to put on the table that his grace is there to already make an answer but your voice need to be on the table the king asked that very particular woman the queen say what trouble let thou and the woman says um, and he says and the king said he said ask for anything even to the half of my kingdom say for i will give it to you what is that thing that troubles you the Bible calls to understand that ask it shall be given. Seek it shall found and knock and it shall be opened unto you. I want you tonight, whatever the thing is, the trouble in your life, I want you in one minute, in one minute, I want you to lay the petition. If it's a boss that you want the boss to remove, my dear, be specific tonight. A boss that has vowed that your destiny will not move forward. Remove the boss. That is, it is your if the boss cannot pray for you, that is his problem. Pray your way to your, to your destiny. Pray your way to your shine. Pray your way to your taking. Pray your way to your advancement. Open your mouth and begin to pray. What trouble is thou? Open your mouth and begin to put your trouble before God. Lord, enough is enough. Enough of this trouble. I am tired of this trouble. The Bible says that the cockatoos on the mountaintops all belongs to the Father. He says, if I'm hungry, will I ask of thee? Open your mouth and begin to put your petitions. God does not need you to come and say you want to help him. He wants to help you tonight. He has all the resources. He is your source. He is your source. Your identity and your pattern. It is formed in Christ. Open your mouth and begin to say, Lord, this company, they have frustrated me thus far. Lord, I need a judgment. I have come before the altar. I have come tonight. Your house is the altar. For you streaming and watching this moment, you are currently in the altar of God. Open your mouth.
out and begin to push and say, Lord, like that prostitute, she forgot the fact that she was a prostitute. She came from the pain in her heart. I refuse to father. I refuse to murder a dead system. I refuse to murder a dead marriage. I refuse to murder a dead son. I refuse to murder a dead business. She brought the case before the king at this moment. Whatever trouble you begin to make your petition. I judge you. I curse you from the root. Every doctor's report. I curse you from the root. I judge you tonight. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I hear my spirit. Somebody needs to pray this prayer. Lord, in this month, before this year will run out, Lord, every deadness in my life, they come back to life. Everything that I've been breastfeeding, everything that has been nurturing, that is not working, Lord, they come back to life. Begin to pray right now. Lord, begin to call back life. Life in your marriage. Life in your body. Life in your health. Life in your finance. Life in your career. Begin to open your mouth and say, Lord, I call back light. I call back. They become alive. They become active. In the name of Jesus, I am a king. I make a decree. Every darkness is turned to light. Every poverty is turned to prosperity. Every lack is turned to plenty. This is a warfare prayer. We are here currently now. We are not having a confession prayer. We are having what I call a warfession. You are warring for your destiny. You are warring currently now. You have taken the battle to the camp of the enemy. Open your mouth and say, Take the deadness. Take the dead marriage. Take the dead business. Take the dead health. It is not my portion. The Bible says he took my infirmities. If he took it, I don't have the sickness anymore. If the Bible says that the government shall be upon his shoulder, which was my business supposed to work, the politics supposed to work, my career supposed to function. Devil enough is enough. Take what belongs to you. I refuse to patronize it. I refuse to sanction it. I refuse to accept it. I am a king. Nothing looks dead in my life. Rahuta shabra kosa teligadija. Marekatoza la katebra nakuja ketuja. Rekakuza branaso kutoka lehitata. Ranuja branaketuz da bratoza. Final prayer point for tonight. Some of you, I want to say this, I hear this in my spirit. Some of you, after we are done tonight, you need to shut the door, wake up at night. Push this prayer. Everyone that has chosen to make sure that your life go through pain. The ones that has vowed that they said as far as the earth remains, you will never carry your pain. Ah, you know, there is a, yeah, 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 yeah. I like sharing this testimony time. When this lady said to me two years ago when I entered into ministry full time, said, Pastor, you don't understand. This lady said to me that as long as a snail cannot carry a baby, that it will not happen. I said, ah, let me show you what we can pull off. And I said to her, I, said, I told her, I said, except I am not called by God. That is when you will not carry your child. All of a sudden, before we know what is going on, the lady ran mad. Entered the road. Car hit the lady. Case closed. She carried her baby. 
Immediately. Nine months time. I don't know who you are tonight. Whatever proclamation that they have said concerning your destiny, I stand as the servant of God, deployed from heaven. I cause that cause in the name of Jesus. Everyone that has vowed that your life will not amount to anything in this year, every plate that they have put on your destiny, every shame that they have locked in your life, every disgrace that has sponsored its event thus far in your life, I stand tonight and I decree they are broken off your neck in the name of Jesus. Those people that have said to you that nothing good will amount. That is it not we we will see how it will come to pass. I cause blindness upon your life in the name of Jesus. At this moment, I want you to pray this final prayer point and say, Lord, the fortitude for me to adhere to the 12 to the 13 principle. Of enforcing judgment. Lord, let the grace fall upon me. The fortitude for me to be able to go through it. My dear sisters and brothers, those principles is what me, your pastor, I engage in them daily. I don't take things for granted. One of the things in which I understand, um, any place that you don't cover, you will bleed. And when you bleed, the devil will buffet you. So because of that, I don't take chances for anything. You are going to say, Lord, the fortitude and the grace for me to be able to adhere to all the covenant principle that guarantees my judgment and executing myself as the king on the throne. Lord, let that grace be active upon my life tonight. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, I pray for everyone tonight. The fortitude and the grace for them to carry through. For them to be able to know that yes, they have the power. For them to be able to awaken in their consciousness that for as you are, so they are in this earth. For them to be able to abide by spiritual principle, ability to study, ability to find a mentor, ability for them to be planted in the church, ability for them to submit to governing authorities, ability for them to know how to imagine right, ability for them to pray. Lord, I decree tonight, I release the self-discipline upon everyone's life in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, we thank you. We give you all the thanks and praise because indeed you are good God. We bless your holiness because nothing takes you by surprise. Lord, we appreciate it tonight. I thank you for everyone tonight that has been streaming on the radio and on the TV side. Lord, I decree upon everyone. Every concerns in their destiny. Lord, let tonight be an answer for them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I decree upon them as your word has gone out of my mouth. Fathers, I send the Holy Spirit to give them quick memory, retentive memory, an ability to process the thought fast and abide therein in the principle. Let that grace fall upon their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you all the thanks and praise. To you we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.